Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football by Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Football by Football Podcast. I am Matt Chatham, former NFL linebacker, and joined today by my old pals, Brady Papinga, former NFL linebacker, and Brady Quinn, former NFL quarterback. What's up, fellas? What's up, guys? How we doing today? I'm just trying to make sense of all this crap that's gone down the past couple of days. That's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You and everyone else. You and everyone else. So so the purpose of this show today, guys, is uh, for fans that are out there that we're actually kind of aiming a little bit at the fan that doesn't have a, a dog in this race or horse in this race or whatever metaphor you want to sort of adopt. Uh, and maybe even as much as fans, but also players. You know, this is a football by football show. This is a by players, sort of about players talking about football related topics. And, and I want to aim at, you know, maybe those people that don't have a specific interest in, you know, Brady versus the NFL so much as player versus the NFL and how this could be sort of extrapolated to any team or any player and sort of the, the rightness or wrongness, I guess, of the methods that we've seen. So this is a deflate gate show. That's not about deflate gate, if that makes any sense. <laughs> what I want to start off with here is, is one of the things that sort of came out uh, about this uh, that I think surprised a lot of people. Uh, just this idea that, OK, you're going to get this giant document after you've heard that there's going to be an investigation about whatever it is. And a lot of the language that comes out of Ted Wells' report is in this sort of more probable than not standard. I think that took a lot of people by surprise because they didn't realize that since uh, – since the earlier Spygate stuff and, and hammered home again with Bountygate, this new sort of standard of proof came in, this idea of the preponderance of evidence that more probable than not is actually the standard, unfortunately, that's that's in sort of those documents for us. So the 51% standard is actually how it's written. And I think to a certain extent, that freaks a lot of players out. I mean, beyond just your rooting interest of what happens with, with the Patriots or Tom Brady, if I'm a player – in Kansas City or, you know, or in Seattle or in Oakland or Minneapolis or whatever it was, all of a sudden this light bulb goes on that, whoa, they don't have to prove much. They just have to create doubt. How, how did you guys take that? Were, a, were you aware? And trust me, I don't blame you if you weren't. I, it was a little bit shocking to me as well. And B, you know, what do you make of it? Well, I think for me, I was aware of the situation. I think we've seen this before since the new CBA. Um, you look back to the last Ted Wells report um, and the decisions made by Roger Goodell and some of the other issues we've had uh, with domestic violence. And you look at the Ray Rice case and all those sorts of deals. We've seen the power and the control that Roger Goodell now has. I mean, complete autonomy, being the judge, the jury, and the executioner and everything he does. So actually, when all this went down, I mean, fellas, I was more upset with our union than anything else. Because you go back to that 2010 CBA that we agreed to, we put ourselves in this position for Roger Goodell to make a decision like this and not really have any sort of frame of reference and then still be the one that oversees the appeal. So unless this goes to a new, new, uh, neutral arbitrator, I, I don't know how much of a difference there's really going to be in how they handle the whole situation, but I, I think we first should be upset at ourselves for ever agreeing upon this CBA and putting ourselves 
in this position where we're now probable, you know, probably ends up being the way that we're like cast into guilt, not necessarily um, being innocent until proven guilty. Now we have to prove our innocence. Uh, and that's, that's the scary part is we put ourselves in this position. No doubt that we put ourselves in this position, but it's the reality that we have to deal with. And we, when I say we players, but the bottom line that, and I, and I, to answer your question directly there, Matt, is that the NFL is showing through this in, in somewhat of a precedent kind of fashion that they can accomplish whatever agenda they want. They can manipulate any kind of situation or data they want in order to f- fulfill such agenda. And so for that reason, as players, it should be it should be a situation where we are a little bit, uh, you could say, worried, concerned, because with Roger Goodell and the authority and the power and everything and his big ego to go with it, he's going to basically be he's going to be able to go on any witch hunt he so ever chooses to go on, and that's what I call this. This is a full blown witch hunt. Tom Brady is the witch. It just so happens that, you know, add him with the New England Patriots and the history of not only success but also pressing the boundaries in terms of the rules and the spy gate and all these other kind of things, it creates just the perfect storm for them to have this witch hunt. And so, to me, that's the biggest concern is that now the NFL basically can formulate any kind of agenda they want in terms of whatever they want it to be, and there's really no bounds or there's nothing in place to keep them in check. And that can be very scary on a lot of different fronts as the New England Patriots right now are basically seeing firsthand. Well, one of the things that I find interesting, and I, I, I think that we might all be on the same page here, the three of us, because we all work in media and we understand kind of how information is disseminated, how it's how it's sort of sent out to the public, the way we get it and the way we send it back out. We sort of regurgitate it in sound bites, you know, two and three minute TV hits, uh, 18 minute radio segments between commercial breaks. Uh, in writing, it's often the headline that wins, you know, it bleeds, it leads, that kind of thing. What what took me aback, even took me back, even though I'm, you know, a former player, but then now working in the media, just like you guys, is sort of the strategic placement of information, sort of the, the that thing in the back of my head that says this is dirty pool where Wednesday afternoon and again I'll I'll put this out here for fans that may not have been aware of this information to shoot players as well but uh, on Tuesday of last week uh, and understanding deflate gate the Ted Wells report for deflate gate was actually released on Wednesday right around noon just a little bit afternoon I believe but on Tuesday the NFL lost a huge case in Missouri Supreme Court uh that basically says that that challenged or shot down Roger Goodell's ability to be the arbiter in these cases because he obviously has a conflict of interest. He's he's paid by the league as a financial interest. So to ask him to be a neutral arbiter where he's dealing in situations from team to player, team to employee, team to team potentially, uh, at least on a state basis. Understand there was a pretty narrow scope in the ruling. It's it's just applied to Missouri and Missouri's ability to shoot it down, and it would be subject to appeal as well. But so it might. It might involve the Chiefs. It might involve the St. Louis Rams in that state. But it's interesting because that now sets up a potential Pandora's box for any other state that wants to challenge these kinds of things. So, uh, you know, maybe Massachusetts goes that route here now as well. But but who knows? But the, the reason I say this, so why that's interesting from a media standpoint, is we were told on Monday, uh, there were tweets coming out and, and things right after we'd clear the weekend, that the Wells report had been prepared. It was done. They were just in final preparations. So obviously the, the NFL is well aware of any legal court proceedings that they're a part of. The, the Missouri case was a, was a four-year thing several years. So the information, that comes out as a late-day Tuesday re- release. 
and Wednesday Deflategate drops and basically just buries that thing. Uh, and not only that, Deflategate is a 243-page document, and and much of the document, in my view, doesn't sort of square with what's given to you in the executive summary and some of the highlighting bullet points. So just from sort of a media tactic, I'd actually call it genius, especially from their point of view. If you're just simply trying to be the NFL and, and sort of cloud the story, it was scary to me how easily this was able to be perpetrated upon, you know, sort of public opinion, a lot of the player opinions out there, because there's no way in hell by the time the five o'clock news comes up, by the time people are pounding out columns two and three hours after the information was released, that they could regurgitate all that uh, or they could sort of digest it all. I think if you're going to if you're going to go back and do this, honestly, for me, even personally, with a, a, a bias, obviously, towards the Patriots, it was 72, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours out until you could really get in there. This, to me, from a media standpoint, is, is really scary. What about you, Brady? Papinga, excuse me. Yeah, what I was going to say is what I see here is, is regardless of their tactics, because it is ingenious. I mean, it is very strategically implemented and ultimately executed by the NFL to carry out, again, their agendas, their objective. But the real crux of the issue is why. You know, why make such a big right. deal about this other than you just want to send this message, don't cheat, don't ever, you know, uh, don't ever try to press the envelope in terms of breaking the rules. I get that to be the override, you know, theme of this whole thing. But come on, we're talking about something that literally has probably happened every single week of the NFL season for however long. And we haven't known about it because nobody's pulled out that little – that little measuring tool, the, uh, you know, whatever they call, I don't even, what do they call those? A pressure gauge? Pressure really gauge, yeah. See, yeah, the pressure gauge really see, you know, what's the, the true PSI of these footballs throughout the duration of the game, beginning, middle, end, and obviously if you equate and, and ultimately bring in the variable of weather in there, I'm sure that really has a lot of variance to it. And so the point is, is it happens all the time, and then you break it down even to just what happens in a game. And, it, it, and maybe, Brady, you, you've, you've been the beneficiary of this, Brady Quinn. Matt, you've probably been on the receiving end of this. I know I have. Offensive linemen are taught to cheat, when he, meaning they are taught to hold you, which by the book is cheating. But unless they're ultimately found out and the, you know, and if the ref interprets it as a hold, they're not going to be punished. So my point is, is what's the underlying reason here? What's the underlying agenda? And the only thing I can come to, to be really honest with you, is that it's the, this is just feeding this out-of-control, massive ego, of Goodell to where right now he could say, look at me, look at the kind of power I have to where I can go as far as suspending arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL for four games. And I don't even have hard, fast facts to do that. I could just sort of be probably correct and go about my way in doing that. That to me is a huge issue because it just makes the league look bad. And that's what ultimately I believe is at the, at the, the crux of the issue is that you have a, a guy in, or a figure in Roger Goodell that right now is he's endangering everything that we love about the NFL, and that has to do with integrity, and that's the whole, in my opinion, oxymoron of this whole situation. Brady Quinn, and I'm, I'm going to redirect the question, but I wanted to I wanted to touch on the point you just hit, Brady Papenga, uh, because, I, I, again, I'm, I'm still talking tactic here. Again, devious but brilliant. And that if integrity was your biggest issue, 
and let's be honest, Roger Goodell has a, a, a mountainous problem as far as his own personal t- integrity. Barbara exactly. Jones is, was, the, was the one who just came in and questioned him and basically shot down and said, I don't buy your version of the story. It's what made him have to go hire Robert Mueller to try to cloud that issue as well and say that I didn't lie. And as players, I think we should be very sensitive to that. I mean, there's a giant concussion case that we won that at the heart of it is, is NFL lying over the course of a decade, a billion dollars. But uh, what I was going to redirect back to you, uh, Brady Quinn, is is the phone issue. So we, we've just talked about all the rationale that they might come at you for why they are doing this. But once they decide they're going to do it and we're in this new environment, Team X, Player X, whatever happens now next, this idea that if you don't hand over your phone for a non-legal issue, we're not talking about Adrian Peterson and kids and photos of his legs or anything like that. We're talking about a, this is a non-legally compelling uh, reason to give it over. Uh, would you give up your phone to, to avoid a conduct detrimental ruling? There's no chance in the world I give my phone, and it's for a litany of reasons. Here's the first one. One, how many times, how many times over the course of the years have we heard how the NFL is confidential and this information won't get out, and it gets out. It gets leaked. <laughs> so, for example, when I was going through the draft process, you, you go to the combine, they ask you on camera, and they say this is completely confidential, it'll never get out, no one will know. Have you smoked marijuana before? Now, for me, that answer is easy. I have not. I still, to this day, have never, have never smoked it before. So I, I, could, I could say that honestly. But for some I don't know players, about that, Brady. Sometimes you come across <laughs> like you're really high. <laughs> but it's, that, that, may be, that may be a natural high, Brady. I think you know what I'm talking about, too, buddy. You're high on life. You're right. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, some players did actually admit, uh, you know, that they had smoked weed before. And, of course, it got out. There was a report. Right. I remember, like, literally entering in the league. Why would I ever be honest to any, anyone involved with the NFL office? Because it eventually it's going to get out. Now, let me just play out another scenario. This is completely hypothetical before I say this. But let me say this much. You know, we saw what it, what's kind of happened to Tiger Woods. Arguably, he was on pace to be one of the greatest golfers of, of, of all time. Once things kind of became public in his personal life. You know, you hand over your cell phone, and all of a sudden, if there's something on there, if there's something on there that you wouldn't want anyone to see, and all of a sudden, it gets leaked out there, where, and your personal life is affected in a certain way. I mean, there's no repercussion for the NFL for that, right? Someone's just someone's right. going, to to, going to be able to profit off that. So it's a, it's a complete invasion of privacy. At this point, if we can't take a man at his, at his word in any of these investigations or interviews, then, then I don't know what you're going to base this, this upon. Um, I, 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 to me, it, it doesn't sound like – that's not cooperating. It just sounds like an invasion of privacy. I don't think the league has that ability to do that. Yeah, I think, impor- I think the importance of that is that the invasion of privacy issue, the, the counter argument that people always make to that is that the NFL offered extraordinary measures to protect it. And, and I think you alluded to that, Brady Quinn. They offer those a lot. And, and from a player's point yeah. of view, you don't trust them because they have such a poor, poor track record. Again, now I'm touching a little bit on the specifics of the Deflategate thing. But uh, one of those equipment guys, they, they leave text messages in, in the document, in the 243 pages, that, that, that outline conversations between John and his mother 
that are unrelated to the content. They're just embarrassing. They just make them look kind of bad. And, and that to me, if you were aware that, hey, this is who I'm releasing them to, maybe it's nothing that's actually going to forward the narrative or what's necessary for this, but knowing that half of this is wanting a, a PR battle, that they'd be willing to do something like that, you understand who it is you're dealing with. Brady, what Brady, I was going to say buddy. is that it doesn't matter if you give them your phone or you don't, because guess what? They already have, a, in my opinion, a predetermined agenda and objective. And so what they're going to do is if you give them the if, – if Tom Brady would, in fact, have given them the phone, guess what? The NFL is going to use that against him. And so anything that they give to him, whether it proves their point or doesn't, the NFL has, in my opinion, shown that they're going to manipulate that to just support the argument that they've already had predetermined anyway. So it's not going to matter if you give up your phone or not because – the NFL has already predetermined what they want to see happen, and they're going to find a way to manipulate that so that the, the, act, the actual agenda that they do have uh, beforehand comes to fruition. Matt, you touched on it, right? This, this very non-sexy Supreme Court case uh, took place in Missouri, right, which will most likely be, be appealed before, you know, that will really right. have any effect. But, you know, they're able to cover it up with their tactic, but what they used was public opinion. And this isn't, right. just a, this isn't just an issue with the NFL. This is an issue in society now where public, the public opinion feels like because we have all these media outlets and, these, and these, uh, this ability to get information right away, we all of a sudden want to make an opinion before we really know the facts. And it's, and it's really because we've lost all patience anymore. We have zero right. patience for actually figuring out what the facts are, what the truth is, and whether or not someone was actually guilty of what they're being accused of. I mean, it happens all the time uh, in society, and, and now it's happening in the NFL. And, and it's honestly sad to see. But, again, you have to credit the NFL for using the persuasion of public opinion and how they've gone about really pushing forward, whether it was the Wells report or, or when they timed up to drop the play gate. Well, and what I, what I find particularly interesting here is how contingent upon sort of building that public opinion is a scientific case that 99.9% of the people walking the face of the earth would never know that the basically, and, and it's not because of intelligence level, it's just simply they go out of their way to use a really, really cloudy argument with this company exponent. I don't know if you guys have any background at all in statistic, doing a statistical significance tests where you're using these p-values and you're trying to, testing for one in five and 10% uh, significance tests. That stuff is way over the head of the average fan that just flips on the radio and wants, wants to find out. They get their headline, they get 10 minutes of talk and they flip it off. Everything that invalidates this kind of argument and again, it doesn't have to be this Patriots issue. If it could be any other thing, this is how you do sort of a public opinion clouding. This is how you beat it down. You throw something out there that's so obtuse, so, you know, outside of the normal course of life, and you bury the truth with inside that before any other, you know, before the narrative can be put back in the bottle. And, and I think that's that's unfair. But anyhow, uh, I'm going to move on, move the conversation along here a little bit uh, to the conflicts of interest thing. So, again, we're doing a, a player show here, players talking about player related issues. And because of uh, you alluded to it earlier, Brady Quinn, this this idea of sort of since those past things had happened, where things now sit sit as far as how they interpret uh, transgressions. We have a history, and I think I found it most disappointing in the way we had these knee-jerk reactions, especially from players, quite frankly, is that there's a history here with the NFL. And 
understanding that, you know, I, I like to use this analogy or this metaphor for, for what we've seen in this deflate gate stuff. I'm, I'm, imagine this as if it was a court case. I understand it's not, I'm not even talking about burdens of proof, but just imagine this as a court case. We've all seen them on TV. We've been a part of them in certain instances. I served on juries, but this essentially, the Ted Wells report, it's a legitimate part of the process, but it, it's one side of the story. I would, I would have, I would say it's comparable to opening statements for the prosecution. Essentially, they walk in, they have a prepared report, they take their time in front of the microphone aimed at the jury, they give their opening statements, and then they ask the jury to vote. And that's that's really what we just saw. And I think that's so incredibly unfair for this reason. Players should understand, A, we just saw a snippet of what should be the real truth process. And B, the firm that is here representing the NFL that it keeps being told to us that it was independent, independent, independent. How scary would this be unrelated to this issue, some other issue for a player for the Arizona Cardinals or whatever it would be. The next time you step in front of them, Paul Weiss's firm with Brad Karp and Lauren Reisner and all these people that served on the concussion lawsuit stood up there with the NFL and told us that the NFL was blameless in something that they invariably had to pay nearly a billion dollars in. And you can't first side with the players or at least have that little bit of skepticism or cynicism going into it. That to me is freaky. They can they can take what would be the most amazingly over the top conflict of interest and use it as a hammer against players and, and then plead ignorance and, and release a statement that says independence, 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 almost presuming that their listener is dumb. That to me, I just find so incredibly offensive. Matt, is it that complicated, though? I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know, they're being paid hourly by the NFL to do this investigation. So, of course, it's going to sit to the prerogative. I mentioned it, you know, before when looking at the Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin case. Look, these, these two cases have nothing in common besides the fact that Ted Wells did both reports. And when you look at both reports, whenever there is an instance in the Richie Incognito bowling scandal versus Jonathan Martin, he sided with Jonathan Martin. There was countless players. There was testimony, things of that nature that were left out of the report that would have made a better case for Jonathan Martin actually including himself in some of the bowling and some of the other younger players. And Jonathan Martin not technically being treated the way he was proclaiming he was. But yet those were left out of the report. Why? Because, of course, that wouldn't play to what the prerogative was of the right. NFL and what they, what they wanted to get done in the end game. And that's the same situation we're looking at right here. When I go through the report with a fine comb, what sticks out to me is when we talked about the two – Air pressure gauges, uh, Brady Papinga, that you mentioned before. There was there you two. Go. There was two that Walt Anderson, the head official, was asked which one he used before the game because before that AFC Championship game versus the Colts, they did not actually take down the measurements of the ball. Right. And when right. Walt Anderson was actually asked which gauge he used. There was one that was a it was a black one with no logo and a short needle. There was another one with a Wilson logo on it and a longer crooked needle. Walt right. Anderson said he used that longer crooked needle. His why best recollection was that one. Yeah. His best recollection was that one. And why is that significant? Because that one actually measured much lower than the other gauge. So <laughs> it exonerates. The, it, it, it exonerates. It doesn't fit the story. That's And that's well, why they chose not to well, use it. Yeah. Well, no, no, well, well, not that he didn't use it. Ted Wells, actually, if you read the report, he actually talks him out of thinking exactly. that he did. That's he what I'm saying. He, he, it. So, so it, it completely you know, just ruins the entire report. So, of course, you can't go that direction. But, look, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's no doubt in my mind that if Ted Wells doesn't want to admit that he's a, at least a little bit biased, right, just a little bit, then he's crazy. We can't trust him in the first place. 
No doubt. You know, the what I keep thinking of all this mess, which it seems like ever since Roger Goodell has taken over, I know that the disciplinary action against players has increased, and then maybe that was part of his, you could say, his commission by the NFL owners to clean things up a little bit. It seems like we're always in court now. As players with the NFL, there's all these mediations. Right. Did this happen at this kind of volume with Paul Tagliabue? It sure didn't right. seem that way. It seemed like Paul Tagliabue was a lot more of like – a man's man, a common man's man, not that he was, but just that he could relate with a broader sense of humanity and just of, of society, to whereas Roger Dell really tries to put himself up on a pedestal, which creates for a lot of these issues because the players, we don't want to be looked at that way. We don't want to be looked down upon, but that's how he wants to operate. He wants to operate from a position of, of authority. And to me, it's just it's signs of the times for Roger Goodell. And what I mean by that, it's, it's his time as the, as the commissioner has run its course. It's time to, to change oh. course here because why do we have to keep getting involved in these kind of whirlwinds of drama when there really isn't any drama there because really it's just it's a big ego trip, and that's the problem is my point. It comes to some kind of succession plan put in place, and maybe this does sort of ignite that based off the fact that Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, he could probably speak more on this. They're uh, mad about how maybe this is what is sort of the straw that breaks the camel back in terms of having Roger Goodell essentially uh, move on from his position because he's done what he was meant to do, which is clean things up. But now it's just getting out of hand to where it's just becoming a complete whirlwind of drama every time something comes up, even to the point now where we're talking about deflated footballs, which, like I said, he acts like this is something that's such an anomaly that it never happens. And now we're questioning Tom Brady's character and his, his integrity when, in fact, it's happened throughout. Ever since the quarterback's been able to handle footballs and somewhat condition those footballs to their liking, it's probably happened to some degree or another. So it's time to move on from Roger Goodell. That's what everything about this is telling me. Well, and what I would put forth with the balls, not even so much that, hey, everyone's doing it, and I'm not saying that that's, that's what you're saying, but if, if fans read that as, hey, it's probably going on all the time, so it's no big deal. I don't. I, the way I look at it is, it's actually the rule that was created to be broken within minutes, not by purpose, but by virtue of too narrow of a gap. It's a one psi measurement. It's it's insane that you sure. can legally put it at twelve five and walk outside. So basically, it, one to me, the biggest takeaway from all this. Now, again, I'm trying to keep this off just the Patriots talk, but think of any rule book that, or any rule that we have in that giant monstrosity of the, of the, the plain yeah. rules and think of one where you're predetermined to break it by virtue of the stupidity of the way it was written. It's, it was almost as if when they walked away from this, they have a rule that they want to tell you is so central to the integrity of the game and they didn't understand the basic high school science behind it. That's scary from a billion dollar company. That is frightening. But uh, one of the things I did want to touch on, and I think I think you sort of alluded to this, and I always think of this again as a metaphor for for what we're doing here and why we're seeing with this sort of Roger has run his course kind of feel. Think about when 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 you think of a spouse that's been unfaithful in a marriage. What is what is this is sort of the test of time. This has this always tends to happen when someone has been unfaithful. What are one of the first things that they do with their spouse? it's usually they make accusations of infidelity themselves. And I look at this situation and say, Roger Goodell's integrity is under assault and rightfully so. And what's his get back on track move. I'm going to come after your integrity, (laughs) which is asinine. Asinine. I was going to say one last thing. What's interesting about that is like, you know, he he's accusing Tom Brady of lying or what have you. 
But I don't know if you guys caught the quote of uh, Raj Goodell. It was when Cronky, the owner of the St. Louis Rams, was in the process of purchasing that land and finalizing yeah. that arrangement to where he purchased that land in, in Inglewood, California. It's a greater Los Angeles area. And he was directly yeah. asked about teams moving to Los Angeles. And play, I mean, he, he didn't even act like it was anything. It was even on his radar. It was, he acted like it was so far, for, or so far removed from their mind that it just didn't exist. And he, and he didn't even address it. He squirted around it. And, and in, in the same kind of way that he's accusing Tom Brady of lying, and this is to your point, I mean, right there, that's a lie. I mean, why wouldn't he just acknowledge the fact, yeah, we are looking at potentially moving to Los Angeles. It would be good for the NFL. That's that's the truth. And he didn't even say that. He said the opposite. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But, I right. mean, that's the that's one recent time to where the guys, he's he's literally, you, and, and if, again, if you're going to hold Tom Brady to that standard, then he's lying himself. And it just happened recently. Well, and I and I would put this forward that I might have a little bit different feel. I mean, I still would 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 critique the heck out of the document and really try to find the truth because it's so long and because it's such a complex subject. But I, again, what offended me so much is just the way he treats people's intelligence. It, we don't have to believe that it was it's independent. This yeah. this it's condescending. The CBA doesn't make it have to be independent. They, they're the one investigating the player. That's okay. That's you don't have to try to make it look like it's something it's not. We know they're, all the parties involved are not independent. Exponent is a consulting firm. They, they have a tremendously bad reputation as a hired gun uh, by Exxon and by the, the tobacco industry. There's someone that you go hire when you need to juice the numbers to make a story. That's okay. We know that. But but don't don't play stupid or don't play dumb with us. Don't say that, hey, it's independent, yeah. it's independent, it's independent. That insults people's intelligence. You can just simply say, this is the who I hired, this is the case I made, this is what I believe. That's different. What he's doing here is completely off the board. Uh, I wanted to go to one final thought here because we've just got a, a few minutes left. Um, and this, to me, sort of speaks to this idea that integrity is obviously sort of at the at the forefront of everything we're talking about. I mean, at least that's the excuse for why it was brought up. Now, if I'm Commissioner X, you know, not Roger, and I'm dealing with Team X, not the Patriots or, or any particular player. I think the the soapbox would be much more valid that he stood on if he'd been consistent. You know, this was supposed to, after Ray Rice, support, supposed to be sort of a whitewash in in the NFL offices. We've we've done an internal review. We're gonna be better. You know, I screwed up. I'm gonna do better. And I I, I would put this forward as well. The idea that he still took no penalty, not even a dime, not a not a censure of any kind, shows that you know he's concerned here with with the Patriots, uh, not not you know not learning. He's like that. I have to come down hard. There has to be a punitive component to this. There has to be something to teach them not to do it again. He didn't get one himself, and he's back at he's at, he's at bad again doing the same stuff. So I look at this and say, hey, if I wanted a commissioner, whomever it was to stand by this integrity thing, I would find it so much more believable if you'd done an investigation with the Aaron Rodgers thing, done an investigation with the Carolina-Minnesota thing, just simply, or even released a statement at the time that said, I have no finding of guilt, but I did look into it right then, right there. Because to me, that's an entirely different situation. All of a sudden, well, now you have a little bit of credibility. But because we all know that those things happen. So when you come up in front of the world and make public statements that says, uh, we take every uh, violation of the rules very serious. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. Don't lie to me. Just just be honest and forthright. We need a commissioner that will do this. This guy doesn't. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to wrap the show here today, guys. Uh, that was awesome. Great conversation. Uh, the FPF pod- podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher 
or you can visit blogtalkradio.com and go to the football by football page. Be sure to check out footballbyfootball.com online if you don't already, and make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at FB by FB. Thanks, guys. Had an awesome time. Thank you. My pleasure, big guy. Thanks for listening to the Football by Football podcast. Football insight by football players. Hi, Lucky. Hi, Dusty. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. (laughs) Good night, Ned. (laughs) 